0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, I am Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Agents podcast, the real estate podcast that brings you short business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with some of our industry's leading minds. So sit back, relax and enjoy today's episode. Sarah Kalki, how are you doing today?
1: Really good. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm so glad we finally got the chance to do this. I've been wanting to uh, connect with you a little bit more. I know you and I were at the same event in uh, Las Vegas not too long ago with Mr. Chet Black and his Mm -hmm. uh, mastermind. And we didn't get the chance to connect the whole lot one on one. So I thought, why not do that? But then let's let other people listen in.
1: Cool. Sounds great.
0: Awesome. I mean, we kind of actually did that while we we were there, too. So I just figured I'd kind of grill you with a few questions and kind of get to know you a little bit, a little bit further as far as business and even personal life too. some of the stuff you've going on. um, And uh, we'll just take it from there. So first of all, can we just can we can I jump right into it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Tell me about um, tell me about how where you started in real estate. Let's just start at the beginning, if you will, from your real estate story.
1: Absolutely. It's one of my favorite stories to tell, because I think if anything, I prove that you can start at the bottom of the bottom and work your way up to the top. I started in real estate when I was in university. Uh, I worked at the front desk of a real estate office. I answered the phone. It was like every morning, like, good morning, REMAX real estate was my job. (laughs) And then I worked briefly in the conveyancing department uh, while they went on holidays. So I worked with all the files and then I was an assistant. Uh, I was an assistant for five years. So I paid my dues. Yes. See, everybody has their reaction. Hold on a
0: second. Okay. I remember hearing about, I knew knew that you started at the front desk. You you mentioned that at one of the other masterminds. The first time I met you uh, at John's mastermind in LA But I did not know the part about being an assistant for five years, or perhaps it flipped my mind. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So I worked for a family friend. I had zero intention of being a real estate agent ever in my whole entire life. Like literally, I have a classical music degree. I used to be a competitive wall climber, traveled around Canada and the States on the Canadian youth team of all things. I've done all of these things, never thought real estate was in the cards. But a family friend was a real estate agent and he asked me to work for him after I worked at the front desk. And so I worked for him what was supposed to be just a very short time, but turned into five years of mentoring under one of the more old school people in real estate who really trained me that if you follow through, if you do things perfectly, it doesn't have to be about having the warmest connection with people, which is kind of how I operate, but um, I you know, say. anybody really had a chance. And it, it made me feel like no matter what I did in real estate, I would be okay, uh, which was awesome. So learn the back end of the business, and I think one of the things that I really pride myself on is... The systems and administration side of what we do and the technical side is really strong, so it allows us now to have all of this space to do really fun, creative stuff.
0: I was gonna, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's somewhere I wanted to go today. Is I know that you've, um, you've, you've accomplished a lot as really as, as a one woman show for the most part with like some really, really efficient systems. I mean, to do the type of production that you've done with the limited amount of leverage you brought into your life from a from a people standpoint it's been really impressive to me so i'm glad that you mentioned that because i was going to go there today anyway so um okay so you got mentored from this gentleman you were his assistant for five years you really started to learn the ins and outs of the business and it's funny because again as soon as you said like you don't need the connection necessarily i thought well that is literally the exact opposite of the way i think sarah runs her business yep um what was that like for you? Were you, So were you going through that the whole time going, I'm taking notes here and I, I'm smart enough to realize that there's not one way to, to, to do this. There's actually a lot of different ways. Or was it just kind of, I'm taking it all in and then eventually you put it together. What, what was that like?
1: Uh, yeah, good question. I still, when I started as an assistant, didn't plan on working in real estate. I, I wrote the LSATs. So I was going to go to law school and the realtor I was working for at the time made me a proposal. He said, stay and work with me. Real estate's a great way to make money and I will, uh, will partner basically at the end of five years. So that's why I stayed for as long as I did. It turned out that, you know, as people who've been lifer real estate people, he really changed his mind kind of at the last minute and which was one of the greatest gifts of my life, which meant that I had to start completely from scratch on my own. There were two things that I had that really kind of set me up for real estate as a career that were totally unexpected. One is thanks to another assistant friend who worked down the hall for me. And she said, hey, Sarah, you have to take your real estate license. They're, They're getting rid of the exam challenge component in Alberta, Canada, where I live. So you have to go and just take your exam. Um, and it was like next week. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So I went challenged the exam, got my license. But, it, you know, again, I'd been working in it for so long that I was like, okay, whatever, like all good. So I go and uh, challenge the exam. The other thing is I think because of the nature of the business, it was very old school. It's very like close the leads, the revolving door, you know, the, the faster you can close someone, all that kind of aggressive, hardcore selling stuff. Because I had all of that stuff um, in my mind, a lot of agents, I think, in our office were really encouraging me to go out on my own. They knew that, you know, they would see me there working at 10, 11 o'clock at night sometimes, and they were like, you know, you have the hustle to do it. So it was just really by happenstance. Other people uh, had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, all of a sudden there I was at the end of 2010 being like... Oh, I guess I'm a real estate agent now. Uh, ok. like i I didn't plan on doing this, but it it turned out to be a really great way to pay for horses and um snowboarding trips and traveling, which is really what I'm like extra extra passionate in life about besides real estate. So yeah,
0: I, I love that. You're very clear. I mean, that's just something I, I've learned I've learned from you over this year is you're very clear about what you are passionate about horses, snowboarding, traveling, your family. And you're also very clear that real estate pays for that. And so it's maybe not like you may have a lot of fun in your business um, because it is relational, relational. And I want to talk about some of the things like you do, like, like, uh, like the Facebook group, et cetera. Um, but you've taken the excitement of what that stuff brings you and not necessarily the excitement of that kind of the day in and day out. We use the word grind a lot. I don't necessarily love that word, but we use that word grind um, because it it can feel like a grind because sometimes it's boring. um, And it's, and it just doesn't feel very fulfilling, but you're very clear on being very fulfilled from it because of what you get from the results you get for putting in the work that you you put in. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I started in real estate, I thought what a great way to buy a pony uh, I, I really wanted a pony my whole life. Ever since I was a little kid, I grew up in the city. Most people don't know this about me, that I grew up in the city in like a tiny little house, no horses in sight. But if you asked me when I was a little girl what I wanted to be when I grow up, I wanted to be either a cowgirl or a pilot. So I think adventure is like in my blood. I always wanted to do like fast and dangerous things, <laughs> effectively. But, um, you know, I think I am extremely passionate within my business. I love helping people. I love like, that's the ultimate result of what we do as real estate professionals that we help people, yeah. uh, you know, from A to B, but it also can't just be about like, I'm just going to sell all the houses and, you know, be the number one, whatever, you know, to me, I find that kind of like, it's cool. It's great to get acknowledged for it, but I want those things in my life that are like, just light me up. Like having a horse now and being able to go and compete with my horses and work with the trainer that I get to work with is just like, it kind of blows my mind every day. Like when I go in there, I'm like, how is this my life? Like, how do I get to be here right now? And that sure makes a difference when it's one more phone call or one more appointment or it's, you know, 11 o'clock and there's a problem that has to be dealt with. I can always remember. I know people talk about like their why and my why. I always think sometimes it's better to have a why that's just like super fun. If you make your why, like (laughs) I have to support my family. I have to, you know, you just get like so bogged down in stress if you can't do it. But if your why is like, I want to go to like all the fresh powder spots I can possibly find. I want to ride horses. I want, you know, like right now I'm like, I really need to buy a new horse. So like if the phone rings, I'm really motivated because it keeps it fun and light and cool instead of being like, I need to sell my 100 transactions and make Titan Club and Remax. Like, lame.
0: All that stuff is good, and who cares, right? As long as you get to ride ponies and go snowboarding and shredded, basically put John and Justin's life in jeopardy on the slopes, you're you're in good shape.
1: I know I'm in the right place if that's happening, yes.
0: (laughs) So, okay, so that's cool. So obviously, if you're buying, let's face it, if you're buying horses and you are going on snowboard trips like that, um, you're, you're having some success, right? And so can you, so let's go backwards in time. So five years, you put in your time as the assistant, you then go and get your license. What happens next? Like, tell me about the progression of that, of, hey, Sarah just got licensed to this amazing business you have today. Like, tell tell me about that part.
1: It was really, it's a matter of how I do everything in my life, which is very much like crawl, walk, run. Crawl, um,
0: walk, run. Okay.
1: You know, like do the little things first, figure it out. I'm never in a big hurry to get big fast. I'd like to do things the right way the first way or the first time. Um, that's like a direct quote from my very German farmer dad. who was like, <laughs> plant a good seed in good ground and, you know, make sure you water it and then you harvest it. You know, there are they're things that mean quality control from the very beginning, having a very good client experience every step of the way. In the horse show world, everybody goes into the show pen and does the same thing. You do the same pattern, you cut the same cows, it's it's exactly the same thing. And your score is based on if you do it slightly better than everybody else, you get a plus half. If you do the maneuver, even better than that, where it makes people kind of sit up in their chair and go like, oh, wow, that was amazing, you get a plus one. So in my business, I'm always thinking about plus in every maneuver. How can I make it so that every contact with me isn't just... zero the same as everybody else i mean obviously you don't want minus halves or minus ones but you definitely want just little things i think what i was so terrified about when i started in real estate was thinking i wouldn't be good enough i wouldn't be smart enough i wouldn't know enough but if i focused instead on of thinking that i just wasn't good enough if i focused on well i can make each of these tiny things just slightly better and slightly better Got to a point where people started referring me, and then they those people would refer me. And I, you know, I've had some clients. You know how these people are your original connectors. They they start off oh, referring yeah. you one person, and you have you know forty five sales from them within three years, just because they're people who know everybody who knows everybody. And that's just really how it's been uh, in the last year and a half or so. I've been experimenting with some lifestyle marketing things and. Doing a little bit in the space of Facebook ads and all that stuff, but that's been kind of like fun play. the The real meat and potatoes of my business is really the traditional, like word of mouth. You do a good job for one person, and then they send you to another person, and that's really what sustained me uh, over
0: these years. Wow. Okay. So here we are. It's 2018. Tell me what does your business look like today. Tell me. Uh, I know you don't like to brag and talk numbers, but tell me your numbers. Uh, what's your leverage like? Like, let's, let's talk about what those things are really are.
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I started first year, I mean, uh, I was working full time for a realtor as an assistant and on my own, um, I made a hundred thousand dollars in commission. So working a full-time job, which is really cool this year. Uh, and last year I'll be in the Titan club with Remax, which is you have to sell about a hundred Properties. It's $750 commission plus, Um, just to like straight up tell you. uh, This year I have just removed conditions two days ago on transaction number 90. Uh, And that, yeah, as an individual agent. So I don't have a buyer's agent that I work with, which is kind of unique. Um, I have, however, just hired a licensed assistant. So Uh, And she's just like an incredible human being. So she'll be able to help me out a little bit more. I've been kind of having the odd time, you know, realtor from my office will help me out if I have an extra showing or inspection. But for the most part, I just do it all. So So hold on.
0: You just hired an assistant.
1: Oh, I have, I've had unlicensed assistants for quite some time. I started while I was an assistant, I hired my own assistant. So I've always had at least one assistant. Now I just hired a licensed assistant. Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That would not be possible. That would be well, I couldn't at I wouldn't be able to have a life. Last year, I think we went on six vacations. I showed 30 horse show days and started a coaching company um, and sold 105 transactions last year. And then this year I'm at 90. Uh, probably had slightly fewer horse show days, but have gone on the equivalent number of vacations and masterminds. So I do a lot. Wow. The number one thing that I really attribute it to is learning how to work and learning how to focus.
0: Okay. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by learning how to focus?
1: So... In 2015, I made it to Chairman's Club in REMAX. So this is the club where, you know, 500,000 in gross commission earnings or above, you get invited to this event. We had a full day Darren Hardy seminar about basically how much we all sucked. (laughs) That that should have been like the topic, Darren Hardy presents, you suck. (laughs) Literally, (laughs) he gets up in front of everybody and he's like, You're all a bunch of distracted morons. You get no actual work done in a day. None of you are living your dreams. You're running around with no plan and no strategy. You're not even that productive, yet here you are in a room, like, is an invite-only REMAX event of the top people of all of REMAX. And he was like, and you all suck. So what I took away from it is, at that point, I had just made 500,000 GCI the first time, and I was thinking, like, wow, I'm really making it. However, my personal life sucked. All I did was work. Like literally the phone rang. I went every time it was just bananas. I didn't have much of a relationship with my husband or my, I didn't see my daughter a whole lot. I owned one horse that I never rode kind of a classic realtor example, right? Like we get into the business because we want all this freedom. And yet we get into it and we've totally screwed it up. Like all we do is just work, trying to get acknowledged being like number one, best, whatever. So I went back and I started implementing, he talks about airplane mode. So these are short periods of time where you don't allow yourself to switch tasks. Okay. You get good at only doing one thing at a time because the human mind sucks at doing two things at once. Basically, you're doing, you know, you're not actually ever doing two things at once you're constantly switching and there's really great research that says if you switch a task it takes your mind about 15 minutes to get back to the state of focus that you were at before and if you consider we task switch many many times even sometimes within one minute we have a real productivity problem so yep. it goes back to that you know there's this great cowboy philosophy which says slow is fast If you're herding cattle, you have to move them slowly and that will be much faster than trying to do it fast, which is very slow because everything will get scattered all over the place. What happens in our world is we try and do everything fast all the time, which means it all gets scattered and we never get anything done. So I started to really learn how to focus and how to work in ways that were a lot more intentional. This meant refining my process face-to-face with clients. So any client meeting would be 90 minutes maximum, but would be the effect of having three or four hours of touch-based meetings, setting expectations so that they were really satisfied. Um, The other thing that was really critical and is probably hardest for a lot of real estate people was learning how to focus in my personal lifetime and in my family time you know, my personal lifetime, meaning like horses and at the gym, like when I'm at the gym, or if I'm on my horse, I'm on my horse. Like, that's it. Like, there's no like, I'm on the horse, but I'm also, you know, occasionally, if I'm sitting at a show, yeah, I'll sell a house sitting on my horse. It's hilarious. Actually, my husband, like, sneaky, sneakily takes videos of me and posts them on my Instagram. But um, (laughs) same thing with family, you know, it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm so focused. You know, when you're face to face with a client, you never look at your phone, but your family never gets that of you. So all those little things made a huge difference, brought my business from 750 or from 500 to 750 in a year, just learning how to focus. Super simple.
0: Oh, okay. So I I didn't know we were going to go here, but I want to go here because I feel that there's probably quite a few of us who are listening to this that uh, can relate to that. How did you do that? Did you just decide one day, listen, when I'm with my family or when I'm with myself in my personal time, I'm just going to go into airplane mode. Like what happened? Was that cold turkey? What did you do?
1: Yeah, cold turkey. I think most people don't need really big shifts or accountability or all this other stuff. They just need to get it. They just need to understand the concept. And if they understand the concept, they'll do anything. Like, think about, you remember in the 80s, like everybody bought those aloe vera plants because, like, someone said they were good for you and you'd, like, break off chunks and, like, I don't know, like rub it on your, like, do you remember that? Oh, yeah. The the random trends, like, now everybody's keto because somebody explained to them, you can eat bacon and lose weight and your body actually needs fat. And all, like, if people understand the concept, action follows it's when they're not clear on the concept. And that was what Darren Hardy was so life-changing for me about is that he was like, I'm going to take a day to tell you one thing. And by the end of that day, I understood it so clearly that I knew that distraction and multitasking was the enemy of productivity. And I didn't have to like keep redeciding and recommitting. Every once in a while, I kind of fall off the wagon and I'm like, oh, wait, was I really productive that last hour or not? But it just, it's made it so that I can keep stacking other things in my life and um, have fun and go do dumb things. So
0: <laughs> it's good. That's awesome. It reminds me, there, there's a book by Cal Newport called um, Deep Work, where it's essentially, it's the same thing about how, some uninterrupted time, whether that's one hour, two hours, three hours a day. In our business, we find it's typically not that much because we'll spend 8, 10, 12 hours constantly distracted, right? Uh, doing that task switching that you mentioned where it's 15 minutes, uh, okay, now i go over here, and I'm just constantly resetting that 15-minute clock, never actually truly focusing and getting work done on, on whatever requires that work. And so that's really interesting that you have that aha from a one-day seminar, and then w- and went into action. I, I like I applaud you. I know you're thinking, well, yeah, no duh. I just was clear, and so I did it. And yet, I know for myself, I've read the one thing. I've read Darren Hardy's book. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna forget the name right now, uh, where where he, he essentially talks about that. And, compound effect, probably. Oh, compound effect. Thank you. Yep. As well as the work, where there is so much data out there, there is so much information that shows not being distracted is the key to actually getting a lot of great work done in a relatively short period of time. And yet most of us can't do it. Right. I still, I, so I know I certainly have my days where I struggle with it. There's days where I crush it. I'm, I'm way better at it today than I was say five years ago. And I also know that I'm not where I want to be. And so um, there's something about you. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't figured that out, but we're going to find out I bet you John knows. I'm going to ask somebody who knows you better than I do. Like, what is the thing? Because that's not that simple. I know it's that simple. The concept is simple, but you made a shift on seemingly what was a dime and it has just impacted your life in a major way. I think that's great because what, what I want for the agents listening to this interview to get is like, you know what? It's that, that could be the tiny hinge that swings the big door, right? Mm -hmm. Focus, 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 focus could be the tiny hinge that swings that door wide open into the life that you want. Whether that's ponies, snowboarding, time with family, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Okay, so all right, you sell ho- you sell homes while sitting on a horse, and your and your husband secretly records it so he can put you on on social media doing that. Uh, so we know you love horses, go to horse shows a lot, love to travel with your family, love to snowboard. What else are you doing when you're not selling a house?
1: I go to the gym or okay. I get some sort of exercise. We have bike trainers at home. Uh, that's really important. I tweaked my shoulder this year snowboarding in Jackson Hole. I was kind of as usual, like in an out of control, somewhat situation. And I, I whacked my shoulder and I didn't go to the gym for a few months and it was like the worst thing ever. Like the squirrels started reproducing in my head and it like, it was not good. It was like, it was like they were, it was getting like infested up there with squirrels was bad. So um, I keep it really simple. The thing that is, that people talk about is, you know, all the stuff that you do, but I don't really do a whole lot else. I'm very clear. Darren Hardy's always like pick a few things. So it's like work, which is, selling houses not like doing all the other things like it's selling houses hanging out with my family having fun those are like the three things in life and anything else that comes up i tend to generally say no
0: awesome Mm -hmm. okay so i'm going to shift gears a little bit can you tell me about walkable edmonton yes
1: i definitely can walkable
0: go ahead Sorry, go ahead. Tell tell us about tell me about it. What is it? How did it start? And what does it do for you, or what do you do for it?
1: Okay, Walkable Edmonton is based on a conversation I was having with myself about how to do what I love even more. There are in everybody's real estate practice there are the people who you really get who really get you. You sit down for your first consultation and you're like, oh, you're my people, or they're like, oh, you get it. Like finally we found somebody who gets it. Now those people for me were a very small niche generally, which were the people who we would meet and the first maybe sentence or two when they were talking about their ideal neighborhood or their ideal home was something that was walkable. Now I live in a city in Edmonton, where Alberta, Canada, where it is like winter five months of the year. So walkability is not something you'd necessarily think. In fact, it's a city based on driving and cars. So when it's minus 40, which it actually gets to be, uh, you don't necessarily think of walking as like something you want to do. Because if you're outside for too long, you'll die. Like it's, it's that crazy. However... The thing about walkability is that it's a municipal design trend that seems to be in the minds of the people who live in central neighborhoods, which is exactly where I grew up, where most of my friends and most of my people are. It's also very much tied to a lot of core social values. People who talk and think about things like municipal design, walkability, are people who tend to be very smart. They tend to think very local. Um, They support local business. They're very like morals first when it comes to business. These are the people who own like Patagonia shirts, for example. If you don't know the story of Patagonia, look it up. Like there's there's certain parts inside a culture and they tend to be really strong connectors to other people. So the point of avatar marketing or any sort of lifestyle marketing is it wouldn't make any sense at all if I was targeting hockey parents, you know, like hockey dads with walkability research. It makes no sense. What it all comes down to is thinking about who your best people are, the words they use, the way they describe their life, and then think of how to connect them, given that most people aren't actually thinking about buying and selling real estate most of the time. There's a small percentage of the time. But how do you connect with them? And how do you get to a point where you know that they understand that you are an insider? Remember, with real estate, everybody has the same access to data. If all they wanted to know was which house was for sale in the neighborhood, they would go on the Internet and they would pick whichever agent happened to pop up with their email program or with, you know, all the Internet leads thing. But what makes an agent sticky in terms of value? What's the point of hiring a particular real estate agent over somebody else. The main reason typically is they get it. They get you as a person. They get you as, say, a parent of three kids who wants a safe neighborhood. You want the best ballet school. You want the best hockey program. You want the best French immersion school. You want to know exactly what the best neighborhoods are for that. Or, you're somebody who wants to live in like a cool character home where there's coffee shops to walk to. There's cool events, you know, usually kind of underground things that nobody really knows about. Do you wanna just hire any random person off the internet or do you need somebody who is an insider who can tell you about those things? So what we created with Walkable Edmonton is a platform for being the insider. And it's very sticky with people. People are fans. We were just interviewed by a local morning TV station. And when I got into the green room uh, at the beginning, we had one of our people that we talk about on Walkable Edmonton, uh, a local Edmontonian who doesn't have a car. He gets around, you know, mostly on public transit. He's also like really dialed in and connected to the community of um, like local kind of historians and people who are into, you know, things that are, kind of unique and historic about Edmonton, but he's like a young millennial. Uh, I walked in the room and he was like, oh, it's so great to meet you. I am such a fan. We approached a local business for one of the pop-ups that we're uh, working on. And the response that we usually get is like, oh, wow, we'd love for you to come and do a pop-up here. We are such fans of Walkable Edmonton. Now, tell me the last time somebody is a Fan of a real estate agent. Most of, of the time, they're like, oh yeah, you know, like I, Chris Lindahl is the only guy that I can really think of that he probably got raving fans when he put up the Nike billboards or, you know, he put up the Vikings billboards. When you yeah. do things that are sticky with the things that people really care about, you create relationships that go way deeper than just the information that a real estate person typically provides. So that's, that's kind of the basis behind walkable Edmonton. That's my thought process as a marketer and why it's being successful.
0: Okay. Did you consider, were you an insider before you started that group, that page? Yes. So, so this was a community that you were already a part of and you went, Hey, this is my thing that I can connect with my people, if you will. Um, And now I can use this as a way to, to attract my, my avatar, I think, was the word that you used. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way I could now I'm going to be the center of all things as it pertains to to people who want this lifestyle mm-hmm. or, who, or who even have it.
1: When you think of like the greatest fear that a lot of people in that world have is like of missing out. They, you know, they don't want to yeah. miss out on like knowing that there's a new donut shop opening or a new cafe or a new restaurant. And, you know, now the news media follows us sometimes. Like if we, we break a story like, oh, this place is just opening or this place. We actually like, there's a couple places where we're like, oh yeah, they must have seen it. And uh, there's a new artist putting a mural up or there's, you know, people really like it. Now I'm within lots of different communities. So this is something that we could build out for like a mom's community. You could build it out for hockey parents community. There's so many different reasons why somebody would go to a particular agent. And mine just happens to be walkable Edmonton, but there's so many different ways of doing it. And I think real estate agents, I've had quite a few real estate agents from other markets um, in the States and in other cities in Canada reach out and say, hey, can you help me like come up with something the key that I always say back is absolutely remember, you know, probably nobody else will use like the word walkable. It won't be like walkable Toronto. It might not make sense, yeah. but it has to be like, think of who you are already talking to that are your best customers and then build out a complete social media and like website, email newsletter, build it all out about what those people's greatest fears and desires are. And then you have something.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So, um, wow. That, so that's fantastic. So, so tell me how much of your time in your, for your, I'm going to say for your real estate business, are you spending on walkable Edmonton? Like, what is that? What's that time consumption look like for you?
1: Like very little, (laughs) mostly because, um, I'm a big believer in, if you have a concept, you have to find the right people to execute the concept. So my job is being like chief idea maker. Um, my poor husband hears it every day when I'm like, I have an idea. He's like, oh no, 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 no. He's like, yeah, mom, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. My mom even said, like when I was a little kid, I was always like, I know. And she said she's like, you still do it. Like it's it's hilarious. Um, so I found a lady who is a past client who I actually went to elementary school with who is a former journalist, worked at a local radio station, worked at the CBC, which is kind of like our NPR, um, has a great deal of experience with breaking news stories and doing this kind of stuff. And, you know, we basically have maybe a a once-a-month jam session. Like, we'll talk about ideas and things we want to bring in, and we collaborate on ideas that we think are good and the concepts. And I always say she's like who i would be if i was like cool um (laughs) she you know those people that you know and they're like the coolest people like they know all of the like bands they know all of like everything that's amazing that's going on she's like that person plus she's a journalist by trade so she's not afraid of like going and talking to people and like walking into a cafe and being like Hey, I'm from Walkable Edmonton. Can I take pictures of all of your stuff? And hey, you look cool. Can I take your picture and tell your story on Walkable Edmonton? Like, I physically could not do it. I incubated the idea for three and a half years before I built it. Like, it took so long. And even my husband is a photographer by trade. And he had all these pictures. Like, we had hundreds and hundreds of pictures. And we had all of this stuff. But it wasn't until I found, her name is also Sarah, Um, and asked her if she'd be willing to work with me on it that we actually got something going because like while I'm great at coming up with ideas I've learned that I need people to execute those ideas in a daily basis and like there's no way I would populate our Instagram stories or our newsletter or do anywhere close to the job that Sarah does like she's really she's just like that person who's inside of it and really gets it and she makes it really fun and cool and um, yeah so if you find the right people really anything is possible.
0: I, I could not agree more, and something that you just said that wasn't really part of the story, but really stuck out to me is that you had this idea, but truthfully, you didn't really execute on it until you could execute on it and I hear in our industry, I talked to so many there's a lot of folks who do what you and I do that are creative, right? and so ideas like they're coming and they're coming fast and like hardballs and uh, and fastballs, I should say, and the reality is is that. There are a dime a dozen, but what really trumps an idea is being able to get it executed. An idea is not worth anything if it's not executed. And so what I love is you had this idea. You were very clearly passionate about it. It was important to you. You were convinced it was the right thing, but you didn't try to take yourself out of what your, what your skill set is, and then once you had the person who could execute it for you, that's when you said, okay, let's go, let's go essentially all in on this, and let's yep. make it happen. As a, as opposed to, I think what naturally occurs for us is you get somebody like me who sees something shiny and just does that, you know, looks all around at the shiny objects and goes, I do a little bit of this and then I do a little bit of that great idea and a little bit of this great idea and none of it gets done really well. So it doesn't have the impact that Walkable Edmonton clearly has. And so um, that's also awesome. You're, that, I mean, that's just flat out wisdom. So hats off to you and, and I hope that that uh, story rings true for a lot of people. So really quick, I, we're, so we're getting ready to wind it down. Um, I wanted to make sure that we talked about a few other things. One of those though, is I know that you're working on um, a project for 2019 kind of business workshops. Would you kind of share with me the details of uh, what's going on with that? And how did you, how did you find yourself doing that?
1: Yeah, thanks. I, Started a very small boutique coaching company called Key Real Estate Coaching, uh, because like the end of my name, Kalki, Kalki, like Key Real Estate Coaching. Anyway, um, okay. I get a lot of agents who come to me who are individual agents who don't necessarily uh have the business or the life that they want. And what they really ask me is like, how do I get to the point that I am making more money? sometimes I think the hardest thing is that we don't have a really concrete plan. So my specialty is helping people get clarity about their own business and their own life. The kind of thing that Darren Hardy helped me with a lot where, you know, I really learned like, okay, I have to get very intentional about some very specific actions that I take on a regular basis. So the other thing that I find is, we're getting close to the end of 2018. A lot of people you know, probably won't start thinking about 2019 until a month or two from now, but I've been obsessing over it for the last year. About, like, what am I gonna do next year, right? Like, yeah, or February, yeah, good point. So um, it, it's not gonna launch for a little bit, but what I'm working on is a workshop. So it's kind of like a webinar, but it's hand, hands-on. Uh, we work through the 2019 Business Plan for Agents together. So I will be working on it. I will guide agents as they go through it. Uh, We'll all be working on how specifically they are going to make their businesses better based on the things that I have done and the things that they can do. They can gain clarity on some of the questions we talk about are things like name three things you always wanted to do when you were a little kid and they can be really dumb. Like we don't need it to be really serious like what is the you know the chairman's club or the titan club or like the production volume like forget all of that stuff like name cool fun random stuff like ideally either like dangerous or totally useless to actual life like i've always wanted to eat an ice cream cone standing on the dock of santa monica pier like amazing let's do that like let's come up with this like just fun random stuff and then reverse engineer how you can do it based on real principles of things that have worked in your business. The thing I think all of us know in real estate is that there's so many different ways to skin a cat. Poor cats. Right. <laughs> there's so many ways of doing the, like the same thing. So what I want to help people with through the workshop is figure out your best things. You know, The 80% of your activities that are the best, or you know, the twenty percent that result in eighty percent of your results. Like, where do eighty percent of your results even come from, and how can you pour fuel on that fire mm-hmm. and keep it fun and keep yourself focused without it being this like grind of a whole bunch of extra work? So that's that's the cool thing. I'm excited about it. People can check it out and follow along, and uh, hopefully, it makes a huge impact on their 2019.
0: I love how you said, hopefully it's dangerous or stupid. Like that's my favorite. Um, okay, so here, how do I, okay, so pretend uh, I don't know you like I do and I have direct access to you. How do I, If I'm interested in learning more about that, how, what, what do I do?
1: Uh, one of two ways. One is always, I'm super easy to find on social media at Sarah Kelke on Instagram, Sarah Kelke on Facebook. Just connect with me. Uh, my coaching page is called Key Real Estate Coaching. So look it up. Make sure you like it. And then I will be running things on that page. There will also be an email subscription button that's uh, coming up. So you'll be able to get on a list and notified when the workshop is about to begin.
0: Cool. So is that key like K-E-Y? You got it. Awesome. (laughs) So so if somebody's interested in learning more about the business planning workshop or just kind of following you in general and what you're doing, because I know you're also doing other free content and you're always giving back to the community as well. Um, so key real estate coaching, that'd be the place to find you. Absolutely. Awesome. So that's cool. So that sounds like a cool workshop. What, I guess, is that because you're, wh- why did you do that? Is it just cause you're getting, um, people coming to you asking for help or is it just, you want to help people connect to their, I guess their are dangerous or their silly. Why versus like that big emotional why? That I think that maybe can tend to wear people down from time to time.
1: Yeah. You know, I think if I have any gift in life, it is a gift of courage to, even though some really like awful, awful tragic things have happened in my life, take it and live, you know, do things in your life that are like super fun and super amazing and they're light and they're awesome. I think that there's so much overwhelm and seriousness, and depression, and these feelings of like, I'm not good enough, or I'll never be good enough. And I think I've been there so much that what I want to give to, especially the real estate industry, is this feeling of hope, and a completely different, outside-the-box alternative, that what if instead of focusing on these really deep, serious, guilt-driven number driven like you know who gets to stand at the top of the podium kind of conversations a conversation of just like whole living and being who we are and being genuine and having fun and just like do it for the heck of it like you don't have to be so serious all the time and maybe you'll just surprise yourself and just knock it out of the park in the meantime
0: absolutely i love that so that's that's really cool. I, I love the fact that you like to give back like that. And you I, you know the reality is there is a big there's a big need for that in our industry and I love that you're willing to kind of go and help fill that fill that need because it, just watching you and kind of getting to know you over the last year there's um you've got something special about you uh in, in your ability to do that and um, take action on those things that I think that there's a lot of us, myself included, that I would love a little bit more of that in my life. Right. So I know I'm not alone. There's other agents that would, that would like that too. Probably non-real estate agents as well. You could probably take this too, if you really wanted to, but that could get in the way of pony shows. So I don't know if you want to do that. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes though. Right. All right. So my last agenda item is it's a question that actually I ask. Uh, I got it actually from a gentleman who also lives in Canada. Um, he's been a bit of a, a mentor to me in a lot of different ways. His name is Dave Asprey, and he has a podcast called Bulletproof, uh, Bulletproof Radio. And the question he asks his guests at the end of each show is, "What are if, if I just said, hey, Sarah, what are the three things I need to do? What are the pieces of advice you'd give me for just – generally kicking more ass at life with that could be business. it could be personal life, whatever, but Hey, like I, not just me, but anybody who listens to this recording at some point, what are the three things that, Hey, this is Sarah's pieces of advice for kicking more ass in life.
1: Number one, do things that terrify you. Okay. Like lots of stuff. That's just scary. It gets you out of your head. And out of this world of like BS, that everything is so important. Number two, go very quiet on a regular basis. Be willing to get with nature or just so quiet in yourself that you are vulnerable enough that you're willing to actually feel things at their deepest level. It's so important. To, and I know a lot of people call it meditation, but I think that it's kind of, it's hard for people to understand, but I think do things that force you to shut up, I think is a really good one. Um, and number three, decide who the most important people in your world are. For me, it it's not Facebook or Instagram or anybody else besides my five-year-old daughter, my husband, and me. Anytime I've got off track in life, it's because I've either been listening too much to the opinions of others, too much about what works for them, and not enough about who are the most important people. You know, what, what really, really matters? What space do I have to be in in my head to serve them really well and to just laugh a lot and have fun. And that's what they need me to be. It's somebody who's really fun and amazing, but I couldn't do that. If all I was thinking about was all the other people who are important, just really simplify it. Those would be my three things.
0: It's a great. Wow. That is, uh, that's some solid advice. Like somebody could just be listening to that section of this, uh, of this recording and they would get a ton out of that. Like that was really deep. Sarah. I appreciate you sharing that. And, um, Okay. So any last parting shots? I won't keep you too long. I know I promised you under an hour and I, I definitely want to hold my promise. So um, anything else that you would like to share with us, whether it's something you got coming up, any last uh, thoughts or pieces of advice or anything you're passionate about that, you, that you'd like to share?
1: One last thing. I think a lot of people come to me or they're watching these things and they're, you know, they're watching it and they're like, yeah, this is great. You know, there's a lot of hypothetical stuff, but what can I do like literally today right now to make my real estate business better? Like I need money fast is how a lot of people, frankly are in this business. So the challenge that I have for myself, if you find yourself in that point where you need to regrow some of your business is number one, give yourself a 90 and 90 challenge, which means, Go and meet 90 people in 90 days. Go just like face-to-face, old school, you can be volunteering, you can be having coffee with past clients, but just remember there is so much online. but the real meat and potatoes is offline. It's face-to-face. The other thing I'll tell people is, if you find that you're stuck, emotionally, financially, give. Give your money, give your time, do it quietly. It frees up the universe. There's some kind of, like you can call it magic or God or whatever you want, but there's a universal principle that if you are stuck, when you give, it frees things up and it will just open the door. You know, talk about the tiny hinges. I think the biggest tiny hinge of all is giving.
0: There you go. I I couldn't agree more. Um, I flat out know people that believe that they kind of gave their way into um, an amazing future, uh, both financially and, and in other things too. And so uh, I happen to agree with that. I don't care what you call it, um, it God, magic, universe, whatever. So I don't, I don't really don't care. I think that you nailed. You, you hit the nail on the head with that one. So that's awesome. So Sarah. Once again, I just wanted to say thank you again. One more time, where can we find you online besides uh, besides Facebook?
1: Uh, Instagram at Sarah Kelke.
0: Instagram at Sarah Kelke. And then you, uh, your real estate coaching has a page on Facebook oh, yeah. as well yeah. and, and a website. Key,
1: key real estate coaching. Uh, or just find me, Sarah Kelke, anywhere and we'll get connected
0: we'll get connected somehow. Awesome. Well, thanks a ton for joining us today. I really appreciate your time as always. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon. I'm sure I'm going to see you uh, in Las Vegas again in a few months.
1: Yeah, right on. Looking forward to it.
0: All right. Talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, sounds good.